Hello, hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Titanic Museum Attraction Podcast. I'm Officer Lucas, and today I have with me Officer Campbell in the Pigeon Forge, Tennessee location, and he's going to share with us a story of a first-class passenger named Colonel Archibald Gracie. My name is Colonel Archibald Gracie, first-class passenger aboard the RMS Titanic. Well, I've been on vacation in Europe after publication of my latest book. My wife and my daughter stayed behind in New York, but returning to them now fills my heart with joy. And that joy will take a pause, though, as I now find myself standing with 30 other men balancing ourselves on the bottom of an overturned lifeboat in the North Atlantic Ocean. Well, I'll I'll tell you the whole story here. The last day at sea, I was taking full advantage of what Titanic had to offer. I enjoyed myself as if as if I were in a summer palace on the seashore surrounded by every comfort. In the morning, I played squash ball with the professional racket player employed by Titanic. I made use of the gymnasium and I took a swim in the heated saltwater pool all before breakfast, mind you. And that evening, after an 11-course meal, my table companions and I retired to the Palm Court for coffee, where we were treated to a concert by Titanic's band. Well, after such a full day, I was ready for bed. So I was sleeping very deeply when I was awakened by a terrible jolt. Well, I dressed and made my way to the boat deck, and then I heard, yes, Colonel Gracie, we have struck an iceberg, sir. Well, I could believe it. You could actually see pieces of ice and snow lying all around the boat deck, but I I think most of us first class thought it was uh, just a nice diversion for a rather boring Sunday evening. We were not convinced the ship was sinking. No, that would be unthinkable. We'd all been told endlessly it's an unsinkable ship. In fact, the safest ship ever built. So I was uh, marveling at the snow and ice when this crew member came over as a young man, and he approached me and he said, Well, Colonel Gracie, uh, could I help you on, sir, with your life vest? And at first I just looked at him and I thought, Oh, 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 yes, yes, they announced we'd have... A lifeboat drill this evening. Well, I'll play along. Yes, I held out my arms and let him um, put the life vest on me, you know, and they tie it off and everything. And I was just uh, making small talk. And, and I said, yes, it's, it's a, I, I can tell Mrs. Gracie about this. It'll be a nice story. And he just sort of looked. He said, Colonel Gracie, sir, do you not realize uh, the ship is sinking? All the lifeboats have been launched. Look, and he pointed to the davits. They were empty. The davits, you know, the lifeboats usually hang from them. Well, they were all gone. And I said, well, yes, the drill. I guess they've lost them. He said, no, sir, this is no drill. This is the real thing. Now, he said, Colonel Gracie, uh, there is still one lifeboat. And I thought you might want to try for that, sir. And he pointed down the boat deck. And, yes, I could see down there uh, a group of men. And they were working rather energetically around one of the smaller lifeboats. Uh, They called these smaller ones collapsibles. 
And uh, this was collapsible boat B, as they told me as I approached and said, well, gentlemen, uh, can I help? Uh, What is going on here? They said, Colonel Gracie, yes, you're Colonel Gracie, are you not? I said, yes, I am. I said, well, sir, if you could lend us a hand, it seems uh, uh, this lifeboat has a locking mechanism and it's frozen. We can't get it loose. So they showed me what little help I could do. I didn't feel very helpful, but uh, just then this huge wave roared over the ship and it was so powerful. Let me tell you, uh, it, it grabbed that boat and jerked it free. We watched helplessly. And we weren't very happy (laughs) to see it carried. It looked like a big bird, very graceful, arcing up and out and down into the water. You know, we weren't happy about that. That was the last lifeboat. Then I noticed, oh my goodness, it has me as well. I was following right along, riding that wave. It tossed me out and down I went. I was actually underwater now. And above my head, one of Titanic's huge funnels crashed right down. But I remember thinking, well, at least you're safe from it under the water, Colonel Gracie. And yes, I guess I was indeed, but that's not the point. I noticed I couldn't breathe under there. I had to get out of there. So I kicked and pushed my way toward the surface. And then the biggest breath of air a human could take, I took it. Well, I spent a little bit of time in that 28-degree salt water. Let me tell you, it feels like a thousand knives stabbing you all over. But I I was fortunate, I'll admit, when my eyes began to clear uh, from the salt water and I'm looking around, guess what I saw? Not 20 yards away. It turned out to be collapsible boat B, same one that had arced up and out like a bird off the ship. Uh, It was looking a little strange right now and I realized well it's gone in upside down it's capsized bottom up but there were other men pulling themselves up on the bottom of that boat there was an air pocket it turned out holding it up I managed to get over to it uh, lurched myself on top and that's how I spent that night 30 other men and me balancing I guess we look like a row of penguins with our arms carefully positioned to either side of ourselves. But uh, who was it? Uh, Second Officer Charles Lightoller was in charge of our lifeboat. He said, gentlemen, only an air pocket is holding us up. You must remain still and perfectly balanced. I'll have to knock any man off who cannot do that. No, no pressure, right? But this went on for, well, hours. But finally, around 4 a.m., slowly emerging from the darkness, the lights of a ship. What a welcome sight. It turned out to be the Carpathia, the first ship to arrive in response to the distress call that had been sent out. So all of those on the lifeboats, our lifeboat and all the others, they were transferred to the decks of the Carpathia, and then the Carpathia took all the survivors to New York City. But what a night. But I'll tell you, I wrote a book about it afterwards. You know, I'm a writer writer, military historian. I interviewed many of the first-hand people that have been there, you know, and so it's called Titanic, a survivor's story. If you ever want to read a minute-by-minute account of the sinking, sadly, you know, I'd always had a struggle with my health and the shock to my system caused complications. I got pneumonia and within nine months I was gone, but I did write my book, so that's something. Colonel Gracie saying thank you for listening to my story of the night the Titanic struck that iceberg and sunk. 
here at the Titanic Museum Attractions in Branson, Missouri in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, we consider it a privilege to honor the 2,208 passengers and crew members that were on board the Titanic that night. And we love sharing their stories and keeping their memories alive. So, until we're back, Titaniac.